The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast, and you have come to the right place, especially for Thanksgiving week, which I think is football week. And if you haven't already, make sure you go to the right place to place your bets, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Just make sure you use the code PODCAST1. Speaking of betonline.ag, Steve, we will be joined by Dave Mason, the man over at BetOnline momentarily get the lowdown on some things that have happened lately. The Monday Night Football game, a couple weeks ago they got smashed. Be interesting to hear Dave on public trends, how the books are doing, and and things like that, things they've noticed this year. So that'll be fun. You can, of course, always follow Steve on Twitter, at Fezzik Sports. He is the only, and I repeat, the only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of professional football gambling, which is incredible, out at the Westgate Casino in Las Vegas. Make sure you're following him on Twitter. I am at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter and Instagram, uh, the podcast network, the RT Media Network, at RTF Podcast is that Twitter handle. So you can always find out as soon as this is posted It'll be up at RTF Podcast, and then if I see it, I'll retweet it. Steve, I know you do as well, at Fezzik Sports. By the way, if you're looking for a boost, and I don't mean just you know a boost in your, in your wallet from Steve and I's picks, check out omaxboost.com slash money. They've got two powerhouse ingredients, alpha and omega, that they combine. Look, I know the Barstool guys say it really helps them with hangover cure, which is interesting. I need to try that. I haven't tried that part of it yet. I don't really get that hungover these days, but I still need to try it. But they got the Omega-3s, which are terrific. I know a lot of you guys already know about that, which is critical to brain health, supporting key cognitive functions. It's also combined with the Alpha GPC, which is huge. What I love the most about it, speaking of value and good deals and things like that, is you get 60% off a one-month supply when you go to omaxboost.com. 
slash money. Omaxboost.com slash money. O-M-A-X-B-O-O-S-T dot com slash money. Plus, you get a 60-day money-back guarantee. So you really have no risk. You have nothing to lose, which is awesome. Unlike some of the advice we're going to give you, where if you take it, you actually, just like us, do have something to lose. Always glad to bring on my buddy Dave Mason from Bet Online. And by the way, you're you're going to be shocked by this, but he's presented by BetOnline.ag using the promo code Podcast One. You get that fifty percent welcome bonus. Always good to check in with you, Dave, every couple of weeks and find out what the latest is. It sounds like and I don't know. I'm sure BetOnline.ag was was in the same boat, but it sounded like Monday night was a rough one for all the sports books. Uh, yeah, yeah, we were definitely in that in the same boat. Um, yeah, that, that was a hell of a game. I mean, it, it was one of those games. I was just, I knew we were getting beat, but I was just kind of sitting back and wow, what a game. Uh, yeah, the total was bad. I mean, geez, we that total was 63 and a half, the highest NFL total ever. And it still flew over the number by more than 40 points. I mean, it's incredible. So we got smoked on that. I think 77% of the money was on the over. So, And there was a lot of, there was a lot more action on that total than, than a usual total. So we got killed on that. The money line was good, thank, thankfully, because uh, most of the money was on a KC outright. Um, the spread... We opened up at three and a half, so if the, the early action, like 80% of the betters were taking KC at plus three and a half, so so we lost that early stuff. Then the push you know, fell on the number, which really isn't good. Most people think that's, ah, everybody gets their money back, no big deal, and it doesn't work that way for the sports book, cause, especially on a three-point spread because so many betters are betting – uh, buying off the three, then you know they're buying down to minus two and a half, and the other side betters are buying up to uh, plus three and a half. So you're grading those winning bets. You're you're grading the minus two and a half as a winner and a plus three and a half as a winner. So all you're doing is grading winning bets, and you're not grading any losers. And then the teasers too. So much was teased on that, uh, especially on on the KC teased on. So yeah, it wasn't a wasn't a very good night. I mean, the game was incredible. I enjoyed watching it, uh, but and Sunday was good for the book so that that's how it works out you know saturday and sunday were really good for for betonline.ag but monday we gave a, a decent sum back yeah so that that's always my question is are you able to enjoy a game or are you just thinking about you know what's best for the business the whole time um but, well it depends who's playing first if it's one of my favorite teams playing I, you know it, that that comes into fact uh, that's a factor but like i said you know we did real well saturday and sunday if we got crushed saturday and sunday then i'm throwing stuff at the tv monday night but we did well saturday and sunday so it wasn't as bad um you know i and it was such an exciting game you know if it was it was like the 49ers versus the Giants and that stuff's happening then it's like oh that puts misery in it but it's such an exciting game it's almost like okay we we had a good weekend I'm just going to sit back and watch this one as a fan if we win great if not it, you know wasn't it wasn't as uh you know well I didn't go to bed as as crying like I use I do sometimes this might be a dumb question Dave are you allowed to bet are you allowed to place wagers um I don't with our book <laughs> I'm not I'm not really supposed to at our I think my bosses would let me. I mean, they know they win money on me. So, but uh, you know, I I, I have outs. I, I do some betting, yeah, but not really with our book. I don't really cross that line. But I I'm sure the the bosses wouldn't care. They they take my bets. 
Got it. Okay. I didn't know if, you know, I didn't know if there's an advantage for you in having such data and stuff on where the public money is and all that stuff. I guess that's that stuff's kind of uh, public knowledge, right? Yeah, well, the thing is, I mean, we do have we, – we, we see where the sharp money's coming. You know, I'm working more on the marketing side of things, so I'm a little late to the game. So the sharp action comes in, and the guys on the stage, they'll fire. They'll, they'll take that data, and they'll fire on their outs. Um, but by the time it trickles down to me, you know, that number's already moved, and the value's gone. So it's, it's – it's, you know, if, if I – and I, I, could, I could bug them all day. Hey, give me the sharp stuff. Give me the sharp stuff. But they have a job to do, so sometimes they do. And, uh, you know, but like I said, that sharp stuff, that's what moves the number. You know, if somebody like, you know, bets uh, the Lions at plus three and a half tomorrow, which it was, sharps bet it, that number moves to three, you know, right away. So it's you got to be really quick on a draw to take advantage of that sharp intel. What about – Dave, just for the year so far, how's it been for you guys for the year so far, overall? Uh, no, it's been great. We started off awesome. I mean, weeks one through six for NFL were great. Then, you know, I kept saying, I kept saying, we are overdue for a loser because we didn't lose those first six weeks in NFL. We are overdue for a loser. And the loser came three weeks in a row. We lost uh, week seven. We got it back on the Monday night game. Sunday was really bad, and then we got it back that Monday night game. Week eight was a loser. Week nine was a loser. Big loser. Week nine. That was that one. That was a record-setting loser that Sunday. That was brutal. And then week ten was good. We came back, and then this past weekend was really good. Minus Monday night. So overall, it's been great. College football's been great. We've only had one weekend that was a that was a big loser, and that was two weeks ago. Dave, always appreciate the time. I like these uh, quick little interactions. Want to have even more of them throughout the rest of the season, just to kind of get. The latest update, especially after that Monday night game, I was curious to chat with you. Thanks so much. And, of course, everybody listening, they already know this, but betonline.ag using the promo code PODCAST1. Thanks, Dave. Thanks a lot. Have a great Thanksgiving. Good stuff there with Dave Mason, as always. And, unfortunately, Steve, I don't have a lot of good stuff as it relates to what happened to us last weekend. Man. It has been a struggle. Always want to thank Todd Bergman at L Birdman on Twitter, E L B I R D M A N, for going ahead and grading us. But Todd, can you do something so that the grades aren't this bad every week? Jeez. Um, let's get to it, Steve. We passed the first three games, and then we get to the Titans and the Colts. I put a unit on Tennessee. I have no idea. What, uh, I know what I was thinking. They looked great against the Patriots and the Cowboys. And the Colts looked a little shady in the second half, shaky in the second half against the Jags. Uh, yeah, no. You won one unit on the over, which was, wait a minute. He has you winning a unit on the total, which was 48 and a half, but the final score was 38 to 10. So you actually lost that, right? Yeah, he probably graded me on the opening number, which was 47 and a half. It went all the way up to 50, but um, by the time we got to it on Wednesday, it was a half-point loser. Yep, okay. So you lost a unit there. I lost a unit on the Titans, taking them, getting two points. They got annihilated. Then we get to uh, the Falcons and the Cowboys. You leaned Dallas. I leaned Atlanta. You were the right lean there. Glad I didn't place that bet. Bucks, 
Giants. I lean to the Giants. Should have taken them. That would have cashed for me. You did a teaser. Two units, Steve. Uh, Tampa Bay and the Chargers. And the Chargers did not win. You want to go over that again? Yeah. So the Chargers somehow found a way to lose the game despite dominating Denver the entire way, including having the ball with a minute 45 to play, second and three in Denver territory, where inexplicably they fail on second down and then third down. Phillip Rivers spikes the ball into the ground when no one's open instead of taking the sack and running 40 seconds off. Ultimately, that cost the Chargers the game. And I hope there's never an inquiry about them throwing the game with Phil Rivers, because if so, he'll probably do some hard time. That was... That felt like the old Chargers, Steve. That felt like the old Chargers that find a way to lose a game. By the way, we found a way, or I found a way, to lose the total in that Redskins-Texans game. The number was 42.5, final score 23-21. And I'm not convinced, Steve, I lose that game I lose that total if Alex Smith stays in the game. Colt McCoy actually provided a little bit of a spark, and that pick six from Alex Smith did not help me just because of game script, and that was a touchdown where I think there was a decent chance they would have been held to a field goal there. That one that one hurt. I was feeling pretty good about that one most of the day. Yeah, there was very little offense in that game. You had the right side, but you know what? Whenever you play a total beneath 45 it can get there by accident, as we saw in the Minnesota-Chicago game. Right. Let's get to Jacksonville-Pittsburgh. I leaned Jacksonville, getting the 5.5. Should have gone with that lean. They had the lead the whole time. They still blew the game 20-16, to but they had the lead the whole time, and that would have been the right side there. I leaned to the L.A. Chargers laying 7. Wow. They end up losing that game. That was a real, real bad loss. Then you've got our first best bet of the week, Steve. It was the Cardinals against the Raiders. The Cardinals were laying four. Not only did they lose the bet, they lost the game at home to the Raiders. That was one of the more disappointing performances of any team all season. Yeah, it really was, and the Raiders played inspired, but the Raiders are no good at all, and even if they play inspired, Arizona still should have won and looked to cover, and frankly, that was no aberration. That was an evenly played game. Arizona really never had a chance. Unbelievable. I I mean, and uh, how about this, though? If Ricky Seals-Jones doesn't hold on the David Johnson touchdown, or if Josh Bynes picks off that pass that Derek Carr throws right to the 5-7 and seven at the 10, we would have been in it. Unbelievable. You know, it's funny. Now that I'm placing these bets, Steve, I, I watch those games at the end real, real close. <laughs> real, real close and get real frustrated. Which, by the way, I was also by the Vikings on Sunday night. I was not expecting that. I, I really was not, Steve. I, I was surprised by the Vikings' performance all the way around. They were getting three points. It was our second-best bet. I put two units on it. You put three units on it, and yet we both lost as the Vikings lost by five points. Ended up actually being a little closer 
than, you know, I thought it was going to be earlier in the game. Yeah, but it was, excuse me, it was the wrong side. And the Bears surprised me. They really did dominate the Vikings for three quarters. You know, the, the lesson from this year, anyone who's been following us for years knows how well we've been running. And, Ross, i got to tell you that it, it was, it's easy for you to think, oh, I expect, I think you won 40 units last year. I expect I'm going to win, you know, 10 or 20 units each and every year. If you truly were able to meet those expectations, this is all you would have to do. And I'm a guy who's gambled for a living for 15 years now without a straight job. And you have years that you do great, and you have years that you just wind up stuck right around zero and even slightly negative despite doing all the work. There's a lot of variance, and the edges in the NFL when you're betting just are not very great compared to, say, oh, if you're betting like proposition bets and college basketball totals, there's weaker markets to attack where there are guys that do win each and every year playing more beatable sports. It's been rough, man. It's been rough. And then, so for the week, oh, and then finally, this is the one that really bugs me, and I talk with Dave Mason about it. I don't know why I only leaned Kansas City on this podcast getting three and a half points because I told, I did a bunch of radio hits Thursday and Friday, and it must have been after we recorded this, Steve. I thought the Chiefs were going to win the game, and I was telling everybody, to take the Chiefs getting the three and a half points. I do not know why I evidently only lean that way on this podcast. I, I, I cannot believe that. You went two units on Kansas City getting the three and a half. That was our only win of the week was you with Kansas City. And I'm angry at myself because I was on a bunch of radio stations Thursday, Friday, Saturday saying, oh, I love the, I think the, I thought the Chiefs would win the game outright let alone getting three and a half points. So that bugs me. For the week, you were down six units. I was down seven units. For the season, I am down 17 units. You are down 10 units. It is a rough, rough year. And we are just 12 of 31 on our best bets after being unbelievable on our best bets a year ago. Do you ever, Steve, I know I ask this every week, do you ever just say, this is not my year and stop firing? Or is it like, hey, I'm a great shooter, I'm Steph Curry, I should have keep shooting and shoot out of this? You shoot out of it. You might be a little more selective in your shots, but the bottom line is, it's kind of like a blackjack card counter that he's playing, he's keeping track of the cards, he has the edge, and he's betting, and it would be easy to say, and I've gone through this fluctuation and this variance. You have weeks when you're playing cards where you win $8,000 and everything works and the double downs hit. And then you have those sessions where you just get shredded in the shoe and you can't win a hand. And it's just, it's just variance. It's just end game. And there's plenty of close games, as you've mentioned, week after week, that you could have won. Like, look at the Vikings. They could have gotten their two-point conversion, even though it was the wrong side, and we would have pushed the plus three, um, just not winning the end games this year. Yeah, how about it? All right, so let's, let's do better this week. Keep shooting, keep firing. Hopefully this is the week and we start with the Thanksgiving Day games. Go ahead, Brett. I think this is definitely the week we're going to turn this thing around. Starting off, Chicago at Detroit, the early game Thanksgiving Day, Ross. Bears. Four-point favorites with a total of 45. You know what's funny, by the way? 
And maybe the Birdman's just doing a better job of grading us. But in previous years when we were winning, Steve, there was always somebody each week that was like, you actually were wrong on that. He graded you too favorably. You, you actually were only up four units, not up six. When you're losing, nobody has nobody has emailed or tweeted to say you're being graded wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they only it's like they only they only think you're you're uh you're fudging it or something, which by the way, this is like on demand audio. You can listen to these podcasts anytime. There's like there's nowhere to hide. It's it's you can listen back and hear what we said. Um but it's just funny how nobody really is saying that now that we're uh Getting our butt kicked, Steve. Nobody's complaining about any of the grading. Yeah, that's well. Pe- people, frankly, in the know when they see the numbers that we put up the two years before, we, and we talked about it when we were doing it, they were completely unsustainable, almost really borderline unbelievable. Where on our best bets, we were hitting like sixty-seven percent. So, um, yeah, lot, lot more scrutiny when you're winning than when you're flipping coins. Yeah, well, I got to be honest with you. That was mainly you. I kind of thought I'd be able to do that every year. <laughs> that was mainly you being like, this is not sustainable. We can't do this. And I was thinking, no, I think I can do this. This is easy. So, all right, Bri, uh, what do you got? All right, I told you. Four-point favorites for the Bears. Uh, in the early game, 45 points your total. So, I don't think Mitch Trubisky is going to play. Has there been any movement in the line with the information there yet, Steve? There has been. The spread has dropped down to three. The Bears are minus three. A little premium if you want to play the Bears, laying a dollar twenty. The feeling that Chase Daniels, um, good chance. I I still think it's about fifty-fifty whether Trubisky will play, and the books have uh, adjusted the line based on that information. Well, what I'm looking at right now says. Minus four. Are you, are you seeing minus fours anywhere, Steve? No, fours are long gone. The heck? This thing is not updated then. Sometimes All what right, happens well, is that you'll, you'll, you'll see like a four on, this, on an odd screen, but that's, um, it's not a real number. Sometimes the book has just pulled the game off the board, and, and whatever the previous number was remains up there. Right. Well, either way, I'm going to put two units on the Lions. I know that they have not been great. But they've got sort of the Thanksgiving routine down. The Bears played Sunday night. I don't think Trubisky plays. I'm not a big believer in Chase Daniel. And the Lions are coming off a win. They got a little bit of momentum. They know how big a deal the Thanksgiving Day game is to their fans. So I'm going to go ahead and put two units on the Lions getting the – are there any three-and-a-halves anywhere, Steve? There, You can grade yourself on a a three-and-a-half. There are a few three-and-a-halves still out there. Okay, three and a half. I'll take it. Thank you. I'm going to pass the game. I can't play Detroit without Carrion um, Johnson, who has just been incredibly good for Detroit. How good has he been? He ranks number six in the NFL in yards per rush for the Lions here, 5.4 yards per carry. And his backup, Blount, has struggled immensely. He's averaging under two and a half yards per rush. So there's a three-yard difference in the Detroit Lions starting running backs. And remember the book on Detroit. Until Johnson showed up, they could not run the ball at all. And this year they've been able to run the ball. So without him, oh my gosh, the Bears defensive front trying to protect Stafford if they have to throw more. I can't do that. i got to pass the game. All right, Steve. Washington at Dallas, the second game of the 
triple header on Thursday. Cowboys, seven and a half point favorites in this one. Our total is 40 and a half. Yeah, and they just moved in and uh, bet Dallas down to seven in most places. Still some seven and a half, so you could play either number. I'm going to tease Dallas down to minus one. I'm going to do that six-point teaser that the Chargers let me down on last week, not winning the game. But I am confident Dallas will be able to win this game against the Redskins. I'm going to tease them with the Indianapolis Colts down from minus eight down to minus two for my second leg of the teaser. And basically it's a fate of Washington. Although I think Dallas is overrated, I think Washington is massively overrated. They are my number 28 team right now with an O-line that's ravaged with injuries, with McCoy taking over quarterback and without their playmaking wide receiver Richardson. So two-team teaser, two units. So I'm going to take the seven and a half for the Redskins. I think Colt McCoy actually comes in and gives them a little bit of spark. I think they lose the game, but I think Colt McCoy plays well enough that they keep it close. The Redskins have done a pretty good job defensively and a pretty good job keeping it close. I think this is a low-scoring game, like a 20-13 to 13 type of game. I'll take the Redskins and the seven and a half points, two units. All right, late game on Thursday on tomorrow. It's the Saints, 13-point favorites. They are hosting the Dirty Birds, the Atlanta Falcons. 60 points, your total. I am first on this one, even though Brian didn't team me up. And I will take the Saints, but I'm not going to lay that many points. So I'm just going to lean to the Saints. They are a machine right now. The only thing that gives me pause here is I do think the Falcons might be able to score a decent amount of points in the Dome in this game, and I just don't like to lay 13 points. But I, I'm definitely leaning to the Saints laying the 13. Saints are now 8-0 straight up, 8-0 against the spread run. That is epic. And with this game on Thanksgiving night, I could see this line getting even higher Basically, the, a lot of the pros stop working on Thanksgiving. They, get, they got lives also. You know, the public is going to keep betting on New Orleans. So I'm hoping for a 14 on Atlanta. At 13, uh, I'll go ahead and pass. All right, Steve. Sunday, first up is Jacksonville Lane 3 at the Buffalo Bills with a low total of 37.5. Yep, and it's 3-3.5. Three to three and a half. This is a split line game. And at 3.5, I will take Buffalo for two units. I think Jacksonville is done where dropping to 3-7 and seven and the way they lost that game against the Steelers has to be physically and emotionally draining. And Buffalo's coming off a bye. They get their rookie quarterback back. And, of course, Peterman was so horrendous at quarterback that the Buffalo offensive stats are completely offensive. Because of that, I think it's going to be a real close game. Can't see Jacksonville excited about going up to 40 degrees in upstate New York. So, uh, Bills, two units plus three and a half. I like where your head's at, Steve. Uh, I think that this game means a lot more to the Bills, getting Josh Allen back. The Jags realize their season is over at this point. Wouldn't be surprised if the Bills win the game outright, but even if they lose, feels like a really close game. Give me two units on my beloved Buffalo Bills getting the three-and-a-half points here for a best bet. The best bet. All right. Ross, Oakland at Baltimore. Ravens favored by 11, 42 and a half the total. That's more like it, Bri. I like it. I'm passing the game. The Raiders actually showed some life last week. Now, this is a 1 o'clock body clock game for them. 
coming off of a win. I expect the Ravens to win, maybe even by double digits, but with their quarterback situation being what it is, I, I don't really know what to expect from Lamar Jackson now that the Raiders will really be prepped for him. He is pretty fast. They have a slow defense. I guess I would even lean Baltimore, but I'm not laying 11 points as the Ravens. I'm going to pass the game, but I am fascinated with the prop bet. What number are they going to put up for Lamar Jackson rushing yards after he carried the ball 27 times for over 100 yards? So that's a a number I would not want to have to try to put up in terms of what his rush yards will be for this game, but I'm passing. Steve, San Francisco 49ers fly east. They are taking on the Tampa Bay Bucks, who are favored. Tampa Bay is by three and a half points with a total of 55. Yeah, and my numbers say Tampa Bay is the better team. And so if you give them three for home field, they look a little bit cheap to me. But I got to tell you, I liked what I saw out of Nick Mullins in both of his games. And given that, I think San Francisco has a newfound confidence and I don't trust Winston not to turn the ball over. So because of all that, I'll pass. I'm passing the game as well. I would lean San Francisco getting those three and a half points. I just, I feel like the Bucks are the team you take when they're getting points because they'll find a way to backdoor it. Uh, but I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lay points with the Bucks and with the Niners. I, I just, I worry about them again. 10 a.m. body clock game for them. Coming to the East Coast, I just too many variables there. Ross Giants at the Eagles in Philadelphia, favored by six in this one, forty-six the total. So that number is surprising to me, and maybe it's just recency bias. But the Giants have won a couple games in a row, and I've been in those locker rooms. You win a couple games in a row, you really start to think you're good, even if you're the Giants and you're you're not good. You start to believe. You start to have a good vibe. Everybody's happy in the locker room and getting playing with confidence. The Eagles couldn't stop Saquon Barkley last time, and that's when they actually played pretty well. Now they got a bunch of DBs playing that nobody's ever heard of, covering Odell Beckham Jr. and Sterling Shepard and those guys. I would not be surprised if the Giants win this game. I'm putting two units on them getting the six points. Yeah, I'll lean to the Giants. I'm going to actually go over the 46 for two units. I think the Philadelphia injury situation at cornerback is epic bad, and the Giants certainly have the weapons to exploit that. But I expect that Wentz will be able to go ahead and put up a lot of points on this Giants defense. 46 in the new NFL where no one can stop anyone. That's a low number, two units on the over. All right, Steve. How about Cleveland at Cincinnati? Bengals. Whoa, 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 hold on a second, Bri. Oh, hold on a second, Bri. I, I, I was just about to say this, and then Steve jumped in. I'm also going on the over. I, I didn't even look at that. But the Giants' offense is moving the ball, playing well. Eagles' secondary is horrific. And the Giants' defense is not good. I love the over in this game as well. Two units over 46. Another best bet. The best bet. All right, now, Steve, let's go to the Battle of Ohio-Cleveland at Cincinnati. Bengals laying three, and a total of 47.5. Yeah, um, pick your poison on this one. You know, all Cleveland does, for the most part, is build up expectations, and right when you think that they've turned the corner, they usually take a big step back. I'm surprised that this line is three, which is saying that these two teams are equal. That is not where my numbers land it. So I will lean to the Bengals based upon my numbers. But frankly, 
I'm worried about the that Bengal defense is just has been historically bad and finally played a game that was not horrendous, but I can't trust it. I'll pass. I agree. I, I you know, Cincinnati, I just don't know what to believe. Both these teams, they're they're too up and down, and I don't feel like I have a great grasp of either one of them. So I'm not gonna put any units. I would probably lean Cleveland just because they're getting the points, but I'm going to pass the game. Ross, the New England Patriots laying nine and a half points. They are at the New York Jets with a total of 46. Correct. The Patriots, nine and a half points does not seem like enough. Now, the Jets coming off a bye. They got embarrassed last time out. They'll play well. But guess who else is coming off a bye? Guess who else got embarrassed last time out? I don't often do this, but I'm doing it. Patriots laying the nine and a half, two units. They're going to win this game, and they're going to win the game by double digits. Two units, Patriots laying the nine and a half. Yeah, I can't do it. I, um, my power ratings make the game less, and I don't want to go against my power ratings, but it's true that New England, when they are embarrassed, they usually bring it completely However, the Jets have played New England well at home in the past. I'll pass. Carolina, Steve, uh, they are laying three and a half points at home against the Seattle Seahawks. The total is 47 and a half. It's another game that if I'm close to making a play, it's going to be a strong lean Carolina. Carolina's the better team, and frankly, I like a good team that loses a couple games in a row and looks to right the ship, and I expect Carolina wins this game. But I can't lay three and a half. So at, if it drops down to minus three, it would have been a best bet. Minus three and a half, just a lean Carolina. I'm going to go the other way for this. I, I don't like the way Carolina's playing right now. I do like the way the Seattle Seahawks are playing. I think there's a decent chance they win the game outright. I love getting three and a half points. Two units on the Seahawks getting three and a half. All right, next up, Ross, it's Miami at Indianapolis. Colts laying nine here, uh, 51 the total. So I love what the Colts are doing right now, but I don't think they're going to have their starting center. Steve has talked before that that historically makes a pretty significant difference. And not only that, but nine points is a lot. So no starting center and nine points, that's just too much for me. I'm passing the game. I I don't know. I, I might even still lean Indy, but... Dolphins are getting Tannehill back, so I don't even have a lean in this one. Yeah, Tannehill's going to be the starter, it looks like, but he's still throwing, he says, with discomfort slash pain. You know, Indy has not had luck sacked in five straight games since they got their left tackle back in the middle of October. They have just been a protection machine, so if there's ever a team that can withstand losing one offensive lineman, even the center. It's probably Indy right now. As I mentioned, my two-team teaser is um, the Cowboys on Thursday with the Indianapolis Colts. So I just need the Colts to win the game, basically. All right, Steve. Uh, where are we? Okay, Chargers. They are at home against the Arizona Cardinals. Chargers laying 12 points, and the total is 45. Yeah, two teams that um, – two very strange teams, frankly. The Chargers – are an analytics darling because their numbers look so good, but they just don't make good end-game decisions in close games. However, this one probably won't be close. Um, I'll lean to the over in this game, but I'm going to pass. 
kind of with you on that one. I, I just don't know that I have that much faith that Arizona can score that many points. Uh, you know, Josh Rosen was inconsistent last week, somehow found a way to get three touchdown passes, which is pretty unbelievable. But I'm going to pass the game. I'm not laying 12 with the Chargers. I don't know what to expect from Arizona. I would lean over as well, but I'm not putting a unit on it. Ross, the Pittsburgh Steelers are laying three points at the Denver Broncos. 46.5 is the total in this one. Yeah, and you know, I'm a little surprised by this line. I, I, I guess I thought Pittsburgh would be favored by a little bit more, but it's the altitude, it's in Denver. They didn't play great last week against the Jags. I just don't think that the Broncos are a very good team. They were extremely fortunate with the Rivers pick six. I'll never get over Rivers throwing the ball into the ground on the screen pass for as long as I live, or the play before where he turned the wrong way on the handoff. I, I just, I, I, I'm in awe of how that game ended and not in a good way. Give me, uh, I'll just lean to the Steelers. I'm not going to lay three on the road in Denver. I'll just lean Steelers. Yeah, and a quick commentary about the end game play in the NFL and how frustrating it is for a professional gambler, just even a fan of the game, Ross, you see this all the time. A team has the lead. They need one first down to win the game. They can't get it. The other team needs to drive the field, and they consistently do it. And why does that happen? Because the team that's got the lead is so damn conservative that they don't take any risk, and they look terrible. And we saw this with the Chargers when they played in London against Tennessee. They're at, they were at midfield. They are up seven, and they couldn't get a first down. They didn't even really try. Why a team doesn't realize that they should absolutely go balls to the wall to get that first down. Because the second you punt in the new NFL, if you have a gas defense and the other team has four downs, you're, they're going to drive the field half the time on you. So you are so vulnerable. You have to be aggressive and take risks, and teams just don't do enough of it. Um, having said that, on this game – I want three and a half in Denver, and it's not widely available. So I've got, to, I've got to just lean to Denver. Let me talk about how important it is to get three and a half versus three versus two and a half. Last week was evidence of that. I know you spoke with Dave Mason, um, but this is the sort of week that a book can really get crushed if they're not being careful. Thursday, Green Bay, Seattle opens two and a half. Seattle goes up to minus three. Game lands three. Monday night football, Kansas City opens a three and a half point dog, closes a three point dog lands three and even Sunday night Chicago Minnesota goes back and forth between two and a half and three all week long that game almost lands three so you almost had three primetime games that almost all landed the home favorite by three the difference between a professional gambler and a recreational gambler literally is that half point on those key numbers that makes all the difference in the world I pass lean Denver so the next up is Sunday Night Football, Steve. It's Green Bay at Minnesota with the Vikings favored by 3.5 and, and a total of 47.5. Yep, two pretty close to equal teams, which would have me leaning towards Green Bay. But, um, you know, frankly, I'm thinking about, you know, this game and the Vikings absolutely could get up by seven points, but I don't trust them to be able to stop Rodgers on his final drive. And I could see this one, frankly, landing on three as well. So um, 
I'm going to lean to Green Bay in the underdog here, but that Minnesota home field has historically been good. Um, just a lean Green Bay. It's kind of how I feel about it. I'm torn between leaning Green Bay or putting a unit on them. I'll just put one unit on Green Bay. Something's not right right now in Minnesota. This is kind of Green Bay's last-ditch effort. I like the three-and-a-half points. Just one unit on the Packers getting three-and-a-half. Ross, let's finish it off on Monday Night Football. The Tennessee Titans at the Houston Texans. Six-point favorites for Houston, and your total is 41-and-a-half. So I really don't know what Titans team to expect, but I don't think that they're going to lay an egg again. The problem is I don't know Mariota's status, and I'm not putting my money, let alone your money, on Blaine Gabbert. I wouldn't do that to you guys. I like you too much. I'm not putting any units on Gabbert. I'm passing the game entirely. Yeah, and we saw that with Tennessee, that their offense was really bad in September with Gabbert and with an injured Mariota playing. Either of those options is poor. But, you know, these Texans, I know they've won seven in a row, but I could make the case that at least four of those seven wins were not about them winning as much as their opponents messing up at the end of the game, Denver, Indy, Dallas, literally handing the game to the Texans. So um, I've got Houston overrated and Tennessee. We can't trust the quarterback play. I pass. Terrific stuff, Steve, as always. Enjoy the holiday with your family. Hope you guys have a great one. If you don't already have some awesome gifts picked out, for the holidays, for your significant other, your wife, Steve, or maybe even your mom, your grandma, whatever, highly encourage you to check out myfrontpagestory.com. It's a business in Central PA that I'm involved in, helping out spread the word a little bit, and it's really, really cool. I've had the distinct privilege of giving these stories to a couple people, and the reaction is overwhelming. It's really cool so check it out if you haven't myfrontpagestory.com until next week good luck everybody hope you guys win some money thanks for listening to the even money podcast make sure to also subscribe to the ross tucker football podcast the fantasy feast podcast and the college draft podcast all available on itunes at rostucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found